This is Maybe Tomorrow. I'm Bria. And I'm Caroline. We're two friends having an unfiltered conversation about our own personal journeys with anxiety. And inviting you to help us break down the stigmas by celebrating this very human experience. Our highs, our lows, our quirks, and everything in between. (laughs) Okay. Take three. (laughs) Is my sound good? It is great. P.S. Is that your recliner outfit? No. No, this is just a t-shirt. No. No, it's just like t-shirts. I basically just wear t-shirts and like biker shorts. I respect that you can rock biker shorts. (laughs) You're like, no. (laughs) My thighs are (laughs) not happening (laughs) with the biker shorts. (laughs) They make different lengths, too. Okay, let me uh, reword that. (laughs) My legs... In general, are not my finest trait. I feel like my calves. I I basically have cankles just because I have low okay. low calves. Your like calves are lower than. I feel like my calves just don't. They go further down, closer to my ankle, than I would like. Okay, and I have okay. fatty I knees. I'll be the judge of that. I'll be I'll be the judge of that. Any other fatty knees out there that, you know, wouldn't appreciate the biker shorts, I'm with you. <laughs> you like that um, I can't pull it off. Your street style is clutch. Oh, my leisure. Once I was on a call and I was like, the dogs were freaking out. So I got up and it probably it like rolled up, you know, when I was like sitting and it, I just had like a t-shirt on. So it definitely looked like I didn't have pants and it was like James. And like, <laughs> anyways, you could just like put that off because I just named a coworker. That's um, fine. As if James isn't a name that's common. <laughs> <laughs> Not at our company, but whatever. Yeah. Whatever. Whatever. We're, well, so we're coming back. We're back at it. It's I'm season here. two. I'm right? here. I think for like it. unofficially, right? Yeah, I think this can be considered episode one, season two. I love it. Yeah. We didn't even plan it, and we made it this far. I'm so proud of us. Every six months, I guess, will be our unofficial seasons, question mark? I I think so. We got through 11. That's impressive. Caroline has committed to something. I The follow-through on this has been amazing, but also I have a deep, deep fear of letting you down so i'm like (laughs) i is just like i don't care i'm like we are doing this and it's actually been a really really um though that's not healthy like it's just been really helpful just like knowing that i'm in it with somebody who also like wants to do this yeah but like probably experiences the same level of like i don't know sometimes self-doubt and motivation to like follow through but I think we both went into this with like if we even make it to like three episodes it's impressive we'll be so right yeah. I think so I we mean talked I, about I feel like it's not- coming full circle because it's like I mean we've mentioned a bunch of things on our podcast about not wanting to or I guess people pleasing <laughs> so all the time you and I are both just inherently this is why it's kept going because there's always one of us who says 
hey, do you want to record? And the other one might be like, meh. But we bring <laughs> each other up. <laughs> and we then we do. always enjoy it. It's like exercise. It totally is you like exercise. You never regret a workout. Never also, regret a podcast. Never, yeah, never regret it. I never do. I always feel like building up to it. I'm like, I don't know what I'm going to say. I don't know what we're going to talk about. Are we going to have enough content? Is it different enough? Like I have like a million questions that are like swirling in my brain. And then by the time like we hit record, it just feels so natural. And it almost feels like cathartic. Like totally. I'm I'm jealous of anybody of people who or I'm not jealous or people who have never recorded a podcast should be jealous of us that's what I'm trying to say because it's like therapy in a way it is I mean yeah. hopefully people get me. similar benefits from listening to it TBD the jury's out I hope so I hope we don't give people more anxiety wouldn't that be terrible well we did in one episode talk of our list of things that give us anxiety <laughs> oh yeah but yeah, I feel people like that's like, comforting. I, it is. Like, I mean, do you ever think about that now? If you're like, what about that list that I made? Like, is that still true? Like, do yeah. I still have this anxiety over those same things? Or has that list grown? Well, it is. It does change from time to time. But yeah. Speaking of, you've been on your own journey uh, more recently. So I felt like uh, season one, we talked about like my journey a lot. Um, And I know that you've been doing a lot on your side. I'd love to hear more about what your experience has been the last couple of weeks. Yeah. I'm, I guess like before like diving into it, when you were, talking about a lot of the things like switching medication and ramping up, ramping down. And, you know, when we did the whole episode on medication, my perspective was only from when I was like 20 something in college. And then shortly after, like I never really had like a full experience on medication, you know? So for me, I've always tried to just, um, manage those symptoms with uh healthy lifestyle choices like maybe not drinking as much because whenever i drink too much i start chewing and biting my nails and i don't really realize i'm doing it until it's too late um like you have bloody nubs <laughs> yeah it, i mean it's <laughs> it's my nails are so haggard right now but it's okay it's totally fine who who am i trying to impress right now Um, and I was, I've been reflecting a lot about like, since we've really started talking about it and it's encouraged me to go back to therapy more regularly. Like before I was just kind of sort of go checking in and then it'd be like three months and then I'd come back, you know, but it was just more like, cool, cool. I'm just getting a sanity check. Yeah. I'm fine. Great. I'm going to go back. And then when I feel bad. You know, I schedule another appointment and I don't really know how helpful that is. Um, So in a recent sort of like mm, span of probably a month and a half, 
I've been just thinking a bit more deeply around the things that healthy lifestyle choices cannot manage. And those are things that are more than just the physical symptoms of anxiety. You know, like when you're just like, like acupuncture helps address like maybe the test, the chest tightening and sort of like the overall just like tenseness that I feel. Um, But it doesn't address like the root of it by any means. Like that's still there because I don't know what it is. I haven't addressed it. So in that same like vein, I started thinking more like larger around what are the things that I cannot control with like healthy eating or whatever or exercise Mm -hmm. that do still like prohibit me from probably living a the most like anxiety free life possible and what it really comes down to is like my issues with like not being able to sign up for that pottery class or try a new hobby or make decisions around like um bathroom tile like all those little decisions that people make to keep things moving get stuff done are very hard for me Mm -hmm. and those are things that like exercise or things are not going to fix because it's just something that I'm hardwired to do yeah and how I think through problems and so that was a bit disheartening because I felt like I was aware enough that I had a good handle but it was what I was controlling for were the symptoms and not necessarily like the things that actually cause anxiety, if that makes sense. Yeah. So So, like not the root of what was happening, but just the like little things that you were trying to address through other methods, natural methods. Yeah. Totally. And I don't know. I, I don't know if you ever got like this too, just like, you know, when you first made the decision to go on medication and then you were like switching. And even when we were, I know when we were, uh, it was during like our holiday, during the holidays when we were chatting around like starting maybe tomorrow, mm-hmm. formerly known as high functioning, but we don't need to get into that. <laughs> um, we were talking about things that we've read, you know, and saw online that were like, oh, like, you know, like, did you see what micro, like people have been saying about microdosing? Did you see about, you know, yoga and like all these alternative, like methods for managing anxiety. And then you read like these like one-off success stories and you just can't help but wonder, could that be me? Like, could I just like not be on medication ever again? Because I, I'm just haven't been like doing yoga enough or I haven't been whatever. Like, I'm sure like there was probably a moment where you're like, can I control this on my own? Well, I think that in itself is probably part of anxiety too, which is like the thought that you can control everything without other sort of intervention, which is not the case. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I definitely don't know about like the, the more like what's happening in the brain enough to like control that. But I just know that like there are things that are, more like hardwired you know for us that cannot be controlled through that so um when i started therapy back up one of the things that i wanted to work on was just like overall confidence i i think a lot of that was like lack those mm, 
not a thing that I fully developed growing up because culturally, like it was just something that was more about like doing well, you know, in life and then not really having much of an identity for yourself. And at, you know, 32, it's a bit of a bummer when you're like, I don't know what I like to do for fun. Yeah. Like you have all these things that you've been interested in. Yeah. And I always thought that that was just something that was like, oh, no, I'm just like lazy. I don't, I just haven't made time. But really, I think that there was something just like deeper than that. And so just like going to therapy and just being like, why am I not able to sign up for that stupid fucking pottery (laughs) class? Well, now everything's closed. Um, Fair. But, uh, you know, just even like, painting or you know doing a house project whatever it doesn't matter what it is it's just like why do i have this like block that is preventing me from doing it and why is that block always associated with there's no point in doing it because it's not going to be that good Mm. you know but is it so well when you say because it's not going to be that good is it because you're assuming you're not going to be good at it yeah and that's what's preventing you from doing it yeah. yeah. So it's like the perfectionism. It, mm-hmm. So it's like if it doesn't turn out perfect, then what is the point yeah. of doing it? Because I'm going to hate it anyways. So like, why don't I just go and buy a pot that I like <laughs> from someone who's good at making pots? So um, so that was that was like just like something that I've been thinking about in uh, maybe if you're in the same boat too. Like COVID is such a crazy time like this pandemic has like totally totally like pulled back so many layers of an onion that I clearly did not know existed so yeah (laughs) there's like a lot of like self-reflection and that so you know talking to my therapist um you know we just talked about like maybe just maybe just trying to get a consultation and talking to somebody who can like professionally diagnose me because she is um she doesn't do that so she referred me out to somebody that she trusts and that was a big moment where I was like oh are you saying I need medication or are you saying that I'm a failure because I I thought I was working on and doing so well at this and it's not like clearly you're not seeing the progress that I've made so like and you think I need medication she's like that's not what I'm saying I think it's worth a conversation because I'm, she's like, I'm trying to like talk to you about signing up for a Potter class or doing all these things. And your anxiety is so high right now that like, I have to bring you down. It's like an eight right now, right? On a scale of 10. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to bring you down to like a three so we can like actually like reverse engineer the steps yeah. that are involved doing this. But you know, it's like you just like over, you're overthinking a lot of this you know you're thinking looking way too deep into every step and then you basically exhaust yourself so i went and spoke to somebody who um is like licensed uh basically like psychiatrist um at a medical management clinic which i didn't know was a thing this is so cool to me whatever it is that i don't know if it exists (laughs) everywhere but this experience is so cool it's it's basically a clinic that is for short short term so like the idea is that you transition out 
after four months, but you're basically working with um, a licensed psychiatrist who is basically not only diagnosing you, but also sort of explaining to you like what's going on in your brain. Here's how, like what's happening with like this type of medication. We're going to put together a plan so we know that it's working because obviously a lot of times uh, how you figure out what's going on with your brain is like you have to do a scan and that's so expensive that like, you know, that's not something that's like really feasible for every single person. Yeah. And so instead it's like you're looking at external factors in your life to like help create these goals. And so one of the first things we did was we did like um, a two hour long observation where you know that paperwork that you fill out that's like the packet of yeah. like on a scale of one to ten like how anxious do you feel right now you know it's yeah. that same paperwork but instead he's the one that's sort of like we're just doing this like in person does he ask you and... about the scale mm -hmm. yeah oh, okay but then he'll give me some guidelines of like okay for these next set of questions um if you feel like you're on the edge of two options just go with the no you know mm -hmm. like um and so that was super helpful and if I ever said anything or answered in a way that was like I don't know you know he would want to drill into it and just be like well why don't you give me some context yeah and then he'll be like okay I think that's a no or like okay that's like a high on the scale I always um, have a hard time with those though because for whatever reason when I'm like meeting with somebody in person I feel like I um will sort of de-emphasize how I'm feeling because it's like with a stranger. Did you feel like that was the case at all? Or do you feel like you were able to like actually express how you were feeling? Um, it was definitely a little bit more difficult like earlier on, but yeah. like after we got through the first like 10 minutes of it, you know, like I was able to answer a bit more thoroughly, Yeah, you know? And just a little bit more honestly. And I think there are a lot of very similar questions. So I can't tell if this is also asking the same questions, but like rephrased. Yeah. You know, probably. so then you can capture that answer. So which I then in my about... head, I would be like overanalyzing, like, wait, how did I answer this in the first one? Are you trying to get yeah. at the same question? Mm -hmm. <laughs> You're like, whatever I said before is my answer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, we. Yeah, we went back and forth on that for about like an hour or so. And that's when, you know, afterwards he's like, well, I think you have ADD. And I'm like, that's not, I was like, no. I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. Like, it was something that I heard years ago, you know, when that doctor that I met for literally 30 minutes had me fill out paperwork and was like, here you go like here's some Adderall well I think that's and most people's experience with I guess so yeah I mean like for me with from like even mental health that's basically like I think I have anxiety and it's like cool here's a prescription Here <laughs> yeah that's crazy right like it is how easy that is that's something that alters your brain well and that's and why I feel like it's been it's such a cool uh thing that you've had the opportunity to get referred to through your therapist where you can actually get some sort of observation. Yeah. Yeah. You like have a bit like more of guidance yep. and just like that expert opinion where before you're like, 
if they were like, oh, what are you feeling? I'm like, I'm feeling anxious. And they're like, okay, like, let's try this medic, this like SSRI. Like, yep. you know, that then I, who knows, like maybe that would help significantly, but it seems he's like this, it seems like the root of what is causing my anxiety is actually not anxiety itself, but ADD. And hearing that, I was like, well, I remember having a really negative reaction to Adderall and Ritalin. So I'm not entirely sure. Like I wasn't, yeah, I was productive, but like, I was like college kid productive, Yeah, you know, where I was like, I need to pump out a paper and like, I need to you know, stay two up hours. all night and not eat basically because I can only stare at these two textbooks for the next eight hours. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Where I was like, yeah, I mean, of course, Adderall will help anybody with that, whether they have ADD or not. So it wasn't it wasn't it wasn't like I didn't believe him. It was just more like, OK, like, I guess it, I just thought of it as a Band-Aid. Yeah. You know, so I was like, cool. Like, I guess if it helps me with productivity at work, I'll take it. Um, this and is so I never really learned though, more. Which is the your uh, explanation of it, which is I'm going to butcher it, but like that anxiety being a uh, symptom of ADD. Yeah. Versus yeah. what I feel like I've always thought and like what I've looked up and I think some of the things that resonated with me a lot about the symptoms of anxiety are the inability to focus. So mm-hmm. it's like both of them like weaving into each other. It's like, how do you know which is which? But that was like so fascinating to me. I had no idea. It was, it was weird because I never thought of anxiety as being a symptom of anything. I always thought like, if you feel anxious, it's because and it's a consistent feeling of anxiousness. It's because yeah. of anxiety. Yep. And one thing that I learned um, was that because my anxiety is just like always there, it's just, I and it's always like, it's just, it's always there, but it's always like this like baseline. Mm-hmm. Like it doesn't fluctuate very often. I'm always just like somewhat on edge you know, still able to like function throughout the day, but there's something that is like prohibiting me from like really making big decisions or small decisions for that matter. Yep. Um, but, like taking initiative on certain things. Um, and so the key difference there is that people with anxiety alone, just like on its own, um, they experience anxiety, which is like episodic, mm-hmm. right? So they have like anxiety attacks and often like anxiety attacks can also be sometimes just like seemingly random. Like it just comes on, you know, you have that episode and then you, it like goes away and then it happens again. Like that wasn't something like whether I, sometimes I experienced that, but it wasn't to the extent of like probably what they would call just like an anxiety attack. Yeah. Cause like, it sounds like when you are in those modes, you still have something that more or less triggers that. Mm-hmm because of like how you're thinking through things and so like learning that you know like getting that diagnosis was a little um it was weird like I mean you know like like you're a 32 year old female like what like it's weird to get diagnosed as something with something that you just normally like kids get diagnosed with that yeah and so or you associate to the hyperactive um you know kid in school basically yeah, that like fidgets and can't sit still. Yep. 
Um, and he was, what I've learned is that it looks very different in females and I'm still like learning a lot about that, but like behaviorally, like it's not a lot of times I, well, from what I understand, um, is that people often think, which is what I thought prior to this was that people with ADD can't focus at all. Mm-hmm. And it's actually the opposite. It's that people with ADD hyper focus on something um, to the extent that they get like tunnel vision and you can't, nothing else in the world is like coming into view. Yeah. So you don't even know what to do with those things that are like, hey, what about me? Or what about me? And you're like, nope, like I'm focused. I'm zeroing in on this one thing. And it prevents you and it from like making probably decisions around like, how am I going to manage my time? Like, I also have to do this other thing that came up, yeah. you know, at work. But I also have to balance this, like, social engagement um, in a non-COVID time. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, Were you, yeah, there was, like, a... Did you feel like when you got this uh, diagnosis, was it weird to negotiate the one that you got when you were younger and also your association to having anxiety? Was it, like, no, I want anxiety to be the... <laughs> <laughs> the diagnosis. Yes. Yeah, I was like, you don't understand. I started a podcast about anxiety. <laughs> so like, I kind of need you to like, tell me it's anxiety. Otherwise, like, the whole brand just falls apart. Um, <laughs> we can't talk about anything other than anxiety. That's it. Great. Now it's I have to tell Bria. Maybe tomorrow. That- <laughs> Yeah, now I have to tell Bria that we have to change our, like, entire intro, and he's like, who the fuck is Bria? (laughs) (laughs) Season two. Mm, We're expanding. (laughs) We're expanding. Um, So all that to say, like, what I liked about this experience was that I felt like somebody was with me the whole time and explaining to me about what happened, and, like, this is a big decision that you're going to make or not make. Like, you're like, you don't have to decide today. But at least now you have an expert opinion. And like hearing that, honestly, like as I was leaving, I was like, I am going to do it. Like now that we know, I'm going to do it. And the reason why I was um, not reacting well to Adderall when I was first prescribed to it years ago was it turns out that I'm actually probably really, really sensitive to uh, stimulants. Hmm. And which is why I don't I don't drink coffee. I think it's literally just like tastes like black tar and it just like it just like I don't know it's basically cocaine in a cup (laughs) I mean you're not wrong (laughs) and so I I barely drink green tea too like that's the only type of tea I will drink um black tea is too strong so I am sensitive yeah so that's he's not wrong there but I just didn't know like I just thought like oh this is just not the medication for me because I thought it was um prescribed based on your like body mass you know Hmm. and like age um like if you take an antibiotic you need this much you know um and based on like how severe something is but it actually depends on like your body's ability to like absorb and like metabolize Hmm. and like you absorb things probably pretty quickly and you're really it like hits you really quickly um so it's based on your stomach acidity and the like the thickness of your blood brain barrier like the membrane there so it's just how quickly secondhand knowledge so like when we when we get big we can like hire a fact checker who could be like caroline that is actually not true (laughs) 
<laughs> We're just spitting out knowledge over here, hoping that no. it sticks. Uh, well, I always assume, too, because, I mean, let's be honest, I took Adderall in college for those purposes of, like, being able to stay up late, not because I was, like cool and taking them recreationally like some other people but I assumed that there's no way I had ADD because of the way that Adderall affected me but I was also probably taking a super high dose considering that I never had taken anything like that before I it's also too early for me to tell right now um I hopped on a call afterwards because they didn't want me to make a decision then and there. And I think, like, rightly so, Go the decision to go on medication is, like, a commitment, especially medication that requires being ramped up. And yeah. it's – I heard that with – is it true, like, with SSRIs or um, other drugs, like, similar to, like, the SSRI family, it usually takes, like, months or, like – they, they recommend a year, I guess, of, like, taking it before you could even like be evaluated um i mean i know that a change it, that it takes time definitely to settle in um but i think that the amount of time for it to start for you to start seeing some of the effects of it is like four to six weeks but then after the fact uh like i would assume that it does take much longer to like really be able to evaluate how much you should be on and like how it's actually affected you and if it's helped you improve Mm -hmm. because I'm just in the process of going back on my SSRIs so you are yeah but I'm starting again like smaller versus it like going right back to where I was before kind of similar to you where they're not just like you know throwing me back on where I was yeah, that's so we'll see. that's intense. Yeah, especially switching. I can only imagine because it's they're doing slightly different things to your brain. Yeah, I've been like a fucking experiment for the last <laughs> nine months or whatever it's been that I've been trying out different things to work for me. But I I wonder if there's like a clinic. I th- I'm assuming um, there has to be like other like medication management clinics. Like this one was yeah. part of a large like hospital um like network like it was on their campus so i think that's like a probably typical thing i think it's also like used in like for like rehab or anything like that um so uh which is i think makes sense like if you think about drugs like vicodin and like muscle relaxers like that that can be easily abused totally Um, yeah he he was saying that the reason for doing this is like and why short term is, is their focus is that there's a need because a lot of times other psychiatrists or other doctors are like sort of backlogged with patients that they see like long term. And so there's a lot of people who are trying to get in for the first time that they can't get an appointment or they have mm-hmm. to wait a really long time. So we've been working together because he's been trying to get me to a place where I can get assessed, like learn what my options are, make a decision. And then from there, like I have to find like a long-term care provider who would help me over the years. Yeah. 
Um, so, so the short term isn't necessarily that the expectation is you'd be on medication short term, but that they only oversee you short term. Correct. Yeah. Okay. So, um, so for, or like, yeah, for them, their goal is like, we're going to give you medication, but during this time, the goal is to also find what your dose is. Mm-hmm. So Adderall is what I've learned um, is that th- th- this is actually a really great metaphor, how they explained it to me, is it's a lot like um, your eyeglass strength or your contact lens strength, where um, it has to match where you're at, because even if if you go a strength higher, then it gets blurry again, right? So hmm. it's like trying to fine tune those all those knobs that so you're like, okay, this is where I feel really good. And then this is the step, this is the level that I feel like it's too much. Um, so there is like a bit of experimentation with that. But what I like about it is that we also set goals together of like, that's how you're really going to know if it's working, right? Because you're kind of like dealing with human behavior and how are you supposed to measure the effectiveness of something? Like yeah. productivity cannot be the only thing that you measure yourself against. Well, what do those goals look like? If you don't mind sharing them, I'm just oh, curious. I am prepared. I am prepared because he made me write it down. <laughs> Put it on your wall. <laughs> it's on the fridge. Hey. Um, so my four goals is the first one is to decorate my dining room wall. You've seen it. It's the black one. Oh, these are one. like very tactical. Yeah, it, they have to be very measurable. Okay. So the first one is decorating my dining room wall. And yep. for anybody that's like doesn't know me or hasn't been to my house, that wall has been blank for almost five years. <laughs> but I do I- love the black wall. It's great. It looks great. It, it makes a really good Zoom background. It but does. it's time for some artwork or something to happen. Um, my second is being more comfortable speaking my mind, just being overall more confident in speaking. Yeah. Um, I don't know how to measure that. That's something that I think is just going to have to happen as like a self-reflection exercise or or somebody close to me, like my partner, will have to say like, oh, you're like, that was really easy for you to engage in that debate. Or, you know? yeah, like just being conscious of that in conversations and documenting them after the fact, if you notice it in yourself. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My third is reading 10 pages of something and retaining that information. Like Every being day. able to like, um, basically, like I guess like the point is that when I read a book, which sometimes like it takes me a while to get through books yeah. because I would read a page and I'd turn it and I'd be like, oh, who, who is the fuck is this character again? Yeah. Why am I reading you know? two pages on curtains and how they're like flowing in the wind and then yeah. I'm totally spaced out and I don't know who the fuck this person is that was hiding behind exactly. the curtain. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> And then you're like, wait, where are they? Yeah. <laughs> I thought they were outside. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's an interesting one because I always thought that that was just just people in general. Where but um, what my therapist had brought up when I met with her, she's like, think about like academics. Like they are, they have to read and they have to retain, synthesize, create an opinion. Like that is a skill that is like, you know, that is not something like 
that comes easy, of course, but it's something that is possible. And it's just like where you're at is that you you see words, you know how to read words. It all makes sense while it's happening. But then I turn the page or I keep going and I like or put the book down and I'm like, I no have clue. no idea what that was about. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a that'll be an interesting one. Um, and then my last one is my reaction to things are in proportion to the thing itself. So like my reaction to situations, like, do you remember when we were talking about it's so easy to act in like the binaries? Yeah. Like, you're either a good person or you're a bad person. You're not a good person that does bad stuff. Yeah. You know, and like bad people who do good things don't exist because then they would be good people. Yep. Um, that is like same with like situations, like how I react is oftentimes sometimes um what they describe like increased activity, you know? And so sometimes like when someone does something like, and I don't agree with it, you know, I would might, I might like write them off. I might be really quick to write them off and be like, well, that was fucking garbage. Like I'm not, I'm not gonna be associated with somebody who does that, but it might not be like to some people a big deal. Hmm. How do you right? measure that? Um, That's an interesting one because what I was told is that oftentimes people with ADD who are on medication, they are not going to notice these things mm-hmm. like when they're improving. So like having your partner or family members who are around you more often, you know, to be like, oh, she didn't react the way that I thought she was going to react yeah. when that person said that, you know, um, well, I think it was kind so, of, a, I don't know if this is associated to the article you sent me that one of the indicators is that if you, um, I don't know, if somebody gives you like one more task and it's like just piled on top of the other thing that you were trying to focus on, you like lose your shit, like mm-hmm. just another thing and like kind of overreact to it because it feels overwhelming. Mm-hmm. I don't know mm-hmm. if that's similar I think that's, yeah, I think that is. I think it's just like that extra thing that gets added. It just like throws you over the edge. Yeah. You know, like what was manageable for now, whatever reason is now like completely unmanageable. Um, That is, it's, you can still react to things in the way that, you know, you're like, oh, I like, I hate that I got this added to my list, but like, is it required to have like this huge, like, basically emotional meltdown you know like that's kind of like where I was um so it's been like it's those those are my four goals and then over the next 15 days I'm on like day eight now um we're ramping up like starting really really small and then we're ramping up every three days and the goal is to find the dose that works and like measure where my anxiety is at um do you have to like journal with each thing yeah, I have like my journal here that I've been like adding stuff to um, with like every like increase of dose and like how I'm feeling, um, what other like physical symptoms I'm feeling. Like, do I get a stomach ache? Do I still have an appetite? Yeah. So it's there's like a definitely a very like subjective element to it too. Like, how am I feeling? How do I feel in comparison to the previous dose? But it's been like a very enlightening way of like understanding anxiety yeah. and another lens that I just, I just thought that that was something that had to happen. And um, one thing that was 
really, really eye-opening for me where I am all about if you need medication, like, take it. Mm -hmm. Um, But what I realized was that there's still a lot of people out there who think that you can just cure anxiety or any type of mental illness or, like, whatever without any without any like actual like change to your the way that you're wired um and they certainly don't like advocate for like what they call like western medicine Mm -hmm. like i'm all about and i think you are too all about like eastern medication but i remember like hanging out with somebody and recently and they were like oh yeah i have add but like i will i would never touch that stuff and i was like why i don't like it's basically meth and i'm like okay it's an amphetamine (laughs) and i understand that like i understand like similar ingredients but i'm not on fucking meth yeah and that's like a uh stigma against medication and they're like i can like i just have to work a little harder and so it basically feels a little um it's condescending, right? And it's like yeah. downplays and minimizes your experience because then basically what is being implied is that you're weak, right. that you have to use medication. And I was a- I'm able to control this, you know, with just like a little bit of weed and eating healthy. And you can cut out anything that you want in your life. And I that was basically me for a while. Like prior to starting this podcast, I was like, I want to only eat healthy, cut out like, you know, sugars because I read that sugars isn't good for you. And I'm also going to go to acupuncture and go to yoga. I, I literally, if you counted up how many hours of the day or of the week that I was spending on these activities, it was, it didn't leave me much time to yeah. do the things that I love. And if I can get something that I can help me go get through my day just a little easier so I can like enjoy the things I actually want to enjoy instead of it of oh I have to do yoga because if I don't then I start getting that tightening feeling in my chest and then I don't know when I'm going to be able to go exercise which means I have to get an extra session of acupuncture it's like this domino effect and I'm like tired of just like having to maintain all of that just to yeah. not have like a meltdown well and it feels like just another thing to have to do versus doing it out of the enjoyment of doing it totally totally like it's weird because you would think i think that that is probably a harm on like the the wellness space is that you can just cure everything with like plants and whatever (laughs) and i'm like maybe you can Maybe you absolutely can, but I'm not there yet. And like, yeah, and it's cool for people who can. It totally is. It's just, and like, I don't doubt that there are success stories, but I don't think we, I think it's dangerous to make a blanket assumption that everybody can, right? No, I totally agree. Um, And I mean, everybody's got their own sort of journey. And I think for the most part, nobody, you know, or at least we don't willingly want to be on medication for the sake of being on medication. It's because it's necessary in order to, I mean, and to your point, it doesn't actually even cure you from there. Like you still need to do more things on top of it to maintain or to like, 
actually feel better. But you can't really like until you have a little bit of extra support, it is it feels like an impossible task. Yeah. And it definitely there's like a little bit of a feeling. And I think it's totally valid to feel this way that you feel defeated whenever you have to go see somebody about medication. But yeah, if anything, like I totally did. I like cried in my car and then like I was nervous getting to the office. And then my decision was like, I was like, I'm not, I was like, I'll hear what he has to say, but I'm not doing it. You know, there's probably a natural way that I could figure out. Um, and it's like, it's exhausting doing it that way all the time. It is. Yeah. I give you a lot of credit for trying it as long as you have. Yeah. I, it's, it's no wonder that like I did it for as long as I have because Mm -hmm. I was so obsessed with like self-improvement in all aspects that like, if I could unlock another piece of my brain to understand why I am the way I am, then I'm going to do it. You know? Yep. Um, I love, like, I love, like, acupuncture and all that stuff. I'm going to continue doing it, but not knowing that I don't have to be obsessively booking my appointments and keeping a regimented schedule, like, that immediately alleviates so much anxiety for me. Well, if you think about it too, like one of the blockers probably to some of the things you've been talking about from like a hobby perspective are because you ended up spending so much of your day and your time just trying to like cope and feel normal that it's like, when do you have time to figure out what the fuck to do with that wall? Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, Um, I'm so proud of your progress. And I know that's not easy. We're all kind of an experiment. <laughs> and I feel like totally, it's especially hard right now because it's like you're in the middle of a pandemic too. So like how much do you associate between being um, like the state of the world right now versus like, you know, how you would be outside of this situation? Um, but I think honestly it doesn't even matter because – well, I don't foresee anything getting better anytime soon, number one. Um, but number two, it's just like, you know, you were trying things out naturally for so long. And like now it's okay to need support. Oh, yeah. It's I don't it was like getting on the other side of this. I was like, oh, I don't know why I made such a huge stink about it. Like, I think it's all about finding people that can help break down these these like barriers for you in a way that makes sense and makes it feel like you're not just slapping a band-aid but yeah instead just being like okay if like if everybody that I'm working with can bring my baseline anxiety level from like an eight a theoretical eight to a theoretical two and then like help me build up skills then like whether I'm on medication or not and I reach it and I am encountered with a situation that would normally like provoke me in a way that I have those like I immediately tense up and I like black out and I can't make a decision or whatever I at least now have those tools to be like oh I've been here before yeah I can like I can like figure this out 
You're like, gonna figure it difference. out. I'm gonna figure it out. I'm working on it. I love it. So honestly, I'm so pumped. Like we'll see where this like Adderall journey takes me with my anxiety, but like since it like does help with productivity, I'm like, let's get us a website. Let's get our social going again. Like, Gonna let's be start having it. a conversation. Yeah. Yeah. Bria and I are so grateful for the opportunity to connect with you. And we hope you continue to tune in to our conversations covering various topics surrounding anxiety. While we hope this podcast provides a sense of comfort, we would be remiss if we didn't mention that we are not doctors or any licensed professionals and cannot recommend treatment or give individualized advice. If you or someone you know is struggling with anxiety or depression, please contact a mental health professional.